Hey Outcasts, it's Thursday, so you know what that means. Welcome to Excel to Safety, where we talk about anything and everything, because why choose one genre when you can choose them all? Warning, listener discretion is advised. This episode does mention mental health, suicide, and bullying. Welcome back, Outcast. As promised, this week I have my intro episode to explain why I started Exile to Safety and felt that I had a platform to speak on and why I named it what I named it. First, I want to talk about how things were for me at a young age. Through my younger years into elementary school, my parents were very controlling about those who I hung out with. Um, They wanted me to be friends with the friends that they chose. And the friends that I had, they felt like they were a bad influence. However, my best friend at the time when I was in elementary school was a daughter of a family friend because my parents were pushing me into becoming friends with others in our grade. It made her jealous. She felt like I was pushing her away and things like that. As a result, me and her stopped getting along. This led to issues between the families. Their parents were my parents' best friends as well. I believe this is where it started because even though it was their choice that they didn't want me to be hanging out with this girl, they still felt like it was my fault that the family stopped being friends, if that makes sense. And then when I got into middle school, she started to bully me, call me things like Emmy, which stood for marble eyes because I have big eyes. Um, She would have people follow me around and just make fun of me. No matter how hard I tried to still be her friend, she still continued to be a bully and convince others to join in. There was one point where I was talking about it to another girl in our grade and she said things to kind of sound like she was big and strong and, you know, basically nobody could screw with her. I was sick of the bullying and I wanted to sound the same way. I made the mistake of repeating these things to another peer and this was in the form of a note. We wrote a note back and forth. This peer actually ended up threatening the girls and then after we were done writing this note, she took the paper into the principal and blamed me for the entire thing and said that I used two different pens and two different handwritings to make it look like it wasn't just me but that the entire note was me. I ended up getting expelled for one day, even though I told them that it wasn't just me. That's where the issues kind of started to get even worse. And then when I got into high school, I was very depressed. I had a low self-esteem because of the things that were going on at home and then the things that were going on at school. So I started to become suicidal and I would slip my wrist. One day my brother found out from other kids in the school 
and he was made fun of for it. And so he come home and told my parents, my birth giver took me into her room and said, if you want to cut yourself, cut yourself. Basically something along those lines, or if you want to kill yourself, do it. And she proceeded to hand me a knife. And I was so shocked that I took the knife and cut my finger because I was like, she wants me to do this. After I had cut my finger, she took the knife back and I don't remember much about what happened after that. Um, lots of times when people go through extremely traumatic experiences, some of the memory is erased to try and help cope with the trauma. I think that my birth giver thought that I was trying to get attention and in a way I was, but it was to get help with the depression. I was uncomfortable talking to a counselor, but I also wanted help with how to get rid of this depression that I was experiencing. Since I didn't get the help that I needed, I ended up mixing a bunch of pills together. There was ibuprofen, Tylenol, Pepto-Bismol, just a bunch of different pills that I had found. And I ended up taking handfuls and handfuls of these pills. This is something that my parents never found out. I ended up throwing up these pills, so I was never successful. But this is something that I did probably two or three times. It is important for me to say that I have now healed from my trauma. I am no longer suicidal and I have gotten help that I needed with this now as an adult. But going back, so this was about the beginning of my high school years is when that happened. And then I ended up meeting my son's father. And when I met him, things started to kind of get better. He was there and seeing how I had gotten bullied at school. And he seen the treatment that I received from my parents at home. He became a big support person for me. I counted on him a lot for protection and safety. That is something that I wanted desperately at this age. And because he, in a way, provided me with safety because of the support that I got from him, things kind of got better. But not really because I was using a guy to get the things that I needed from my parents, which growing up, I had anything, everything that I could ever want financially but I did not have the emotional support that I desperately wanted. And the bullying in high school never stopped. I ended up getting pregnant at the age of 16, as I said in my previous episode. Things with my parents got 10 times worse. We ended up fighting 10 times more than what we did before. I do believe that I wasn't the only one that had these problems with them, but I'm not going to get into that or explain why because I have not asked permission to tell somebody else's story and I don't want to put something out there that they may not want out there. So when I became pregnant, I was actually not allowed to be talking to my boyfriend at the time. My parents had said, you know, we feel like things are toxic. You guys shouldn't be talking. You broke up. Like that's the end of it. But what they didn't know is that months prior, I had purchased a phone 
under my name with my own money. Back then you could do that at a young age. And I use this phone to speak to my friends and my boyfriend when I was grounded. And so when they said you can't talk to him, I just basically paid the bill more often and ended up talking to him with this phone because it was the world's cheapest plan. I think it was like $1.75 a day. I could get unlimited talk, text, and data. And it was about $0.75 cents for unlimited talk and text. This was a daily rate, but it's a lot cheaper than the cell phone plans that we have now. And so that's how I was able to do it. My parents were surprised when I got pregnant. My boyfriend had come over. We planned to tell my parents. He brought his sister. And when I had told them, my birth giver felt that I was lying in order to make it so I could talk to him again. But that wasn't the case. And I ended up having to take a pregnancy test later to prove it. Things were so bad. When I told my parents, though, my boyfriend's sister called her dad and wanted to take me home. And he told her, you know, it'll make it worse for her if she leaves without permission. She could be reported as a runaway and she could get arrested. That's something that she doesn't need right now because they knew that I was pregnant. I think my boyfriend had actually told his parents that I was pregnant before, long before I had even told my parents. Going forward, they ended up leaving. The next week was extremely hard. I stayed with my parents. Again, my cell phone had been taken. Luckily, I had the backup phone. I had no privileges, and rightfully so. I had made a decision that affected somebody else in an extremely impressionable way. And I was not in the position to raise a child. I was still in high school. But I ended up getting through my junior year. During the summer between my junior and senior year, I ended up doing all of my senior year classes except for my electives. And then when school started again for my senior year, I just went to school for my electives. I was usually done at noon and I would just go home and eat and then work. I took on a lot of the responsibility being a pregnant teen that I feel my boyfriend did not take on. He still wrestled. I dropped out of dance and basketball. I still supported him wrestling and he got to spend his senior year with his friends which I didn't get to do, but I made that choice. However, because things were bad between me and my parents, I ended up moving out of my parents' house twice before my son was a year old and I lived with my boyfriend and his family, which I got a lot of support from them. I feel that their family was a lot less toxic than mine, but one day my parents called me up and asked me to go to lunch with them and I did and they sat me down and basically promised me everything I have ever wanted. Okay guys, if you are looking for an alternative to your wax appointments, head on over to Mystique Remedies Facebook page to purchase your sugar wax starter kit. Sugar waxing is beneficial for a more painless option. You will also see less hair growth over time. Again, see Mystique Remedies 
for your sugar waxing needs, you won't regret it. Listeners who mention this ad will receive 25% off their purchase. I wanted my own apartment for me and my son. I wanted to be a business owner and they told me, you know, our town needs another daycare. You could open your own daycare and we have land where we could put a trailer and you could have your own place. And it sounded good. And so reluctantly and despite my boyfriend not wanting me to move back home, I did. And after my 18th birthday, I moved into a trailer that was less than a mile away from my parents' house. And the control became extreme. I struggled with housekeeping. I was gone all day. At this time, I was in college. I was working. And at the age of 20, like I said before, I ended up having another kid. And me and my parents would fight about anything and everything though. And that never stopped. We always fought. They would call me a bad mom to my kids. There was one time where my son had a box of toys in his closet and because I didn't have them fixed, they were just in a plastic box that I used as a toy box. She was like, I feel so bad for you. I wish you had a better mom. This was something that I could not put up with. I did not want to be disrespected and I did not want my kids to see the emotional abuse that I endured. And there was one time where my oldest son was with his father and I had my baby with me and I was folding laundry and I had been fighting with my youngest son's father because I wanted him to come over and help take care of my son while I did my homework. And I had confided in my birth giver about this and she said, well, he doesn't want to help you. You need to, you know, basically you only have us. And I felt like he needed to help and he ended up coming from his house to mine and helping but my birth giver before he had before he was able to get there my birth giver had come over and we had gotten into an argument and I was folding laundry and I ended up telling her to leave asking her to leave she didn't leave and she didn't have to because she owned the property and I picked up some of my son's clothes took it to his room and when I turned around she was there and she locked us in a room wouldn't let me leave and I couldn't push through her because I had my son in my arms but this was a turning point it really opened my eyes and my doorbell ended up ringing and she was so shocked that she let us go and I went to the door and it was my youngest son's father and I told him what had happened and Later on, I think my birth giver felt like she was caught and she never wanted people to see the bad side of her. She was very big on her reputation. So she ended up sending my dad over later and the argument got even worse with him and I ended up leaving. And because my car was in their name, I left in my boyfriend's car and my dad came over to the car and the windows were down. My two kids were in the back seat this also maybe wasn't the same day. It could have been like a few days later. And he ended up trying to jump through the window to get to me. 
and I was screaming at my son's father to roll up the window. And when my father couldn't reach me, started to punch the passenger window where I was sitting. My kids were again in the back seat and I was so upset and lost. I didn't know what to do. And at this time, I had a friend that was very close to me and she suggested that I move away. And because my birth giver had always told me that I couldn't support myself, I wouldn't be able to do it on my own, I believed that. But this gave me the courage. This and other instances like it. There was one time where my birth giver called me and told me to come home from work. Mind you, I hadn't been home for days. I was working and then my son had tons of appointments and I was in school. So I hadn't been home. I wasn't able to do housework and she took advantage of that. Called my grandma over for a witness and when I arrived to the house, she took my kids, locked them in her car, would not let my kids come to me and then called the police and ended up trying to get my kids taken from me, which at this time there was nothing that she could do or the police could do to get my kids taken. And I knew one of the officers and he forced my birth giver and my grandma to give me my kids back. And I ended up doing my housework and meeting with the state and there was nothing the state could do, but I had told them that I had plans to move, that things were beyond toxic and that I felt that I needed to get out of the situation because they had also told them that I had a chronic medical condition, which I did not have. I had hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism. It's hard to say. I can't remember exactly because my body will switch back and forth between the two. And they said that that was a chronic medical condition that I didn't take care of. I was able to prove that I was taking my medication for my thyroid every day. It's not a chronic medical condition. It's something that I had to put the time and the work in to figure out about myself and get myself diagnosed because my parents didn't do it when I was younger, which this is more than likely something that I struggled with because of the symptoms that I had. I had them when I was younger. Like I slept all the time when I was younger and fatigue and hair loss and weight gain and sometimes weight loss. And there's a bunch of different symptoms that you can have when you have a bad thyroid. And I had a lot of them from the time when I was very young. But back on what I was saying. So I also another thing too is my mom did tell the state that I had planned to move and that I was going to run away from them and I was trying to hide essentially. So these are all things that I had to endure throughout my life. These are all trials, things that I have had to heal from and work through and now as an adult, I have been diagnosed with PTSD because of it. This is a lot of personal information that I haven't put out there before because I haven't been able to trust anyone. But if I can do one thing in life, I want to help somebody else 
So I want to build a platform so that people can hear my story and learn the lessons through my trials in order to help themselves. I ended up moving away twice. I moved away the first time and then moved back. And then a couple years later, I ended up moving to the next town over, which is where I had worked and I was going to school, where my kids' daycares were. And things did get better in a way, but I still struggled with fighting with my family and other trials that I was experiencing with myself. Because of the fighting between our family, I had to cut ties. I was basically the black sheep of the family and it didn't matter what was done to me, who had done it, I was treated as the black sheep and basically trash to them is how it felt. I had them destroy my name, ruin my reputation, talk horribly about me. When I was pregnant with my twins and I was considering what my future would look like and how I was going to handle this, my birth giver actually did end up calling her appointments. She was a business owner and ended up calling her appointments and saying, hey, my daughter's going to get an abortion. I can't do your hair or nails or whatever the appointment was for. I'm going to have to reschedule you. And I was so upset because I was like, how could you betray me like that? How could you tell people something so personal about me? And she basically said, you have no right to any personal information. I can do as I please. And that wasn't the decision that I had fully chose. I wanted to look into my options because I had already had two kids. And ultimately, I chose to become a mother of four. I did not want an abortion and I wanted all my kids. But this is things that happened commonly with them. And especially with my kids' fathers, my parents would tell them that I wouldn't let them see my kids, even though they had my kids on at least one of my weekends every month. We went over there frequently but they would end up taking my kids when my kids should have been with their fathers, which bothered me because I wanted my kids to bond with their fathers. And I felt like my parents were threatening that, but it was kind of like a business transaction. My parents would give them information to use against me in court and they would let the boys see my parents, which was toxic for the boys because they would talk bad about me. Um, one time they did a whole photo shoot without me, a whole family photo shoot with basically my parents, my siblings, and my siblings' kids, and then my kids all did a photo shoot without me. Mental health or self-care, whatever you call it, seems to be a trend, if you will, but is meant to be taken seriously. Make sure to reach out when the burden's heavy. 1-800-213-8255 is the suicide prevention line. Again, that's 1-800-213-8255. Or for any other crisis, text the crisis line at 741-741. Again, that's 741-741. Help is just around the corner. Take the next step and reach out. So... As a result of all of this, 
I ended up cutting ties with my parents about five or six years ago was the first time I cut ties and then after not talking to them for a year I felt maybe we could reconcile and ended up talking to them again I was very wrong things were worse extended family was now treating me terribly and my grandma made a point to send me cards on my birthday telling me how wrong I was about the choices I was making I had other members of the family tell me that we couldn't really have a relationship until I had reconciled with my parents and that because I didn't have a relationship with my parents we couldn't really have an honest relationship and if you ask anybody in the psychology field any counselor psychologist they're going to tell you that this is extremely unhealthy and the reason why this is extremely unhealthy is because my parents had to be a part of every relationship in the family. When people would come to visit, they couldn't go and go to dinner with just me. They couldn't go and go swimming or we couldn't go do something with our kids or I, my parents had to always be, and mainly my birth giver had to always be in the middle because to them it was disrespectful which we should have still been able to have our own individual relationships apart from the family. I know I'm not saying that I don't believe that as a whole we shouldn't have had a relationship and do things together, but it should have been okay for us to have our own individual relationships and our own bonding time, and that was not okay. This last time that I ended up cutting ties with my parents was about a year and a half ago and it was probably one of the stupidest fights but I took my way out because I knew that it was the best thing for me because all this time the last couple of years from the last time that I had tried to cut ties with them had been unbearable and cutting ties this time with them also meant cutting ties with other parts of my family, which I had not been ready to do until recently because it was one of the hardest things I could ever do. But in order for myself to fully heal and process what I had gone through and become who I am today, this is what I needed to do. I'm a lot better mother and housekeeper because of it. I have a lot less stress despite being diagnosed with PTSD because of my upbringing. Even though I chose to cut ties with my parents and then later my extended family, I feel that I was pushed into it, essentially being exiled. But I was put into a better situation, a safe haven if you will, essentially being exiled to safety. So there I go again with the heavy talk. You definitely won't want to miss my episode next week. I have two very special guests. So make sure that you subscribe to Exile to Safety, now available on most podcast platforms.